that is the first time I've ever actually heard the ringtone on Discord when I've been using now I'm using the web version instead of the actual thing. It, it makes that noise every time you call someone on the Discord app application. I don't know why you don't hear it. Unless you turned it off. Probably, probably. I'd, I only use Discord to do to record this. I don't use it for anything else. So, nice. Yeah, I don't use it for anything else. I only use it for this. I don't know why, but here we are. It's a new week, so which means it's a new case. But before we get into it, I've got some fun news to share with folk. I did the. Well, we'll see. It's we'll see if it's fun in a minute. Oh, I, I got I did a very stressful thing this morning. I got sleep token tickets. That was very stressful. <laughs> Anyone who likes sleep token in the UK will be very aware of how stressful this shit has been getting hold of these tickets. I mean, it's pretty stressful getting anything. I mean, granted, I did see, but... Uh... I think with any event in the UK, tickets go out and it's just within seconds stuff just gets sold out because, you know. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying they only come here once in a blue moon. Sometimes, depending on what, what venue it is, um, they might come once in a blue moon. But, you know, it's like with bands or comedians or whatever you go to see, they're so huge. And then we eat all this stuff up here. So tickets go out within seconds. So I know that stress of being in the queue of like a thousand plus and being like, yeah, I'm not getting tickets or just trying to be there so early. Well, trying I, to... Yeah, I got in the queue at like, I think tickets went on sale at 10 o'clock. I got in the queue at like quarter to 10 because they opened up the waiting room on Ticketmaster at that time. Waiting room, that's a funny term. It's the, it is. It's literally just an online waiting room before you go into the queue. It just means that you will get into the queue like first, basically. So when I got into the queue, there was only like 400 people in there. And it went down very quick. And I managed to get three tickets for me and Jacob and my flatmate. Because, yes. But they're playing the, brand, the new arena the new arena that's in Manchester now because we've got two now so we've got the, Lucky. the MEN which is one that everyone really knows about and then we've got the new co-op the new co-op live arena which is obviously co-op as in the yeah as in the, the shop co-op ah. and the bank co-op they've got a, a new bank music venue it's next to the Etihad uh, but yeah it's an it's a massive arena. It's bigger than Manchester Arena, so it's twenty-three and a half cap. So it's at least two. How much bigger is that then? About two thousand more. That's that's quite a lot when you think about it. Yeah, so it's like two thousand more people, and yeah, we managed to get standing for that, which I'm really happy about. But this is kind of big because uh, my flatmate saw Sleep Token last year in January. They just like properly gone viral like online and everything and saw them in a venue that is about 2,000 to 3,000 capacity and now they're playing a 23 and a half cap venue a year like which will be capped year. they will have sold out they yeah. will have sold out I imagine yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like they sold, they're standing sold out on the uh, I did the artist pre-sale so they sold out on the artist pre-sale today how did you do the artist pre-sale? They so it's so if 
for anyone who has ever tried getting gig tickets for a band that they really, really, really desperately want to see, you're going to try and do as many, like, as many of the pre-sales as you can before you do the general sale. Uh, yeah. You, like, if you've got O2 Priority, you'll do O2 Priority. I don't have O2 Priority anymore because I stopped using O2. You don't. I stopped using O2 because it's a freaking... It's just expensive to use O2. Um, yeah. So there's no point. Basically, some bands some bands have it a different way some bands have it where you get the artist pre-sale if you're a part of their online fan club which i remember def leopard if you wanted artist pre-sale for their tour you had to do it through their fan club which you already had to pay for and buy the tour shirt to get the access code which i thought was really shit because you're spending i think it was like 30 30 pound extra just to get the pre-sale two days before general sale which was really shit but with sleep token all you had to do they posted a link basically for their website and all you had to do was subscribe to like their page and then they'll send you an email with your code and the code was a link as well so you click on the link it takes you takes you through through a few different websites takes you to uh their main website it then takes you to ticketmaster because it shows you all the different websites that are selling them but obviously for artist pre-sale only ticketmaster's doing it takes you to ticketmaster and then you kind of just click on which pre-sale you're part of and then put your code in that was kind of it so it's quite simple that's how I thought it might have worked because I've known artist pre-sales before to be a code and either like with Blink the code wasn't given out but in reality it was because the code for the Blink pre-sale is we are coming which uh, was what the phrase that kept being said in that promo they had Yeah. but the, the, you know for the simple plan one they already told you what the pre-sale code was so I thought some artists couldn't do that because I thought well if they give away the pre-sale code then that's a bit of a cop out I, think, I didn't know if artists could do that, but yeah, no, they, yeah, no, they can do that. They can they give out a code, but obviously there'll be a limited amount of tickets put for that code only. So once they're gone, they're gone. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what they really do. Yeah, the simple plan one, I did the artist presale code because no, I did that too. They didn't announce anything. Do you remember that they were doing that? They just kind of posted a picture of the tour dates or a picture of themselves. Can't remember what it was, and the caption had the code in it and i was like oh shit they just posted it at a random point in the day didn't they and you're just kind of like oh shit and then you kind of went and just got that's how i did it so i remember just like me and my friend luke were just like oh we're definitely going to this we're definitely going to get tickets like no brainer so he's like right we'll try and get them on the friday and then i saw that and i just kind of bought both tickets and messaged him just going got them (laughs) sorted yeah (laughs) done (laughs) Yeah, that's that's what I did because uh, they're not playing at the uh, Arena in Glasgow. They're playing at the O2 Academy, which I've never been to. But usually, if the artists play at the Ovo Hydro, there's an Ovo pre-sale, which has something to do with you having Ovo energy. You get a pre-sale on that, and then there's also yeah. O2, I believe as well. But I usually get gigs in Scotland. They do pre-sale. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. Gigs in Scotland. The site does what it fucking says. Yeah. I usually get pre-sales off that, and then there's just general sale, but, you know. Yeah, there was props a... to you for getting tickets for Sleep Token. Yeah, there was a co-op. There was a co-op pre-sale as well. 
So they had like three going on at once today. So you had the artist pre-sale, O2 Priority, and co-op pre-sale. Tomorrow is Live Nation pre-sale. And then uh... Friday they have the general one. Because I remember for... But Live Nation one's a bit of a dick. I'm not going to lie. Because I, I signed up for the Live Nation one to get Slipknot tickets for December for the same venue. And I remember I clicked on the link. It sent me to Live Nation and it would and bang on the time. It said it will automatically refresh. It never fucking does. It never automatically refreshes. That's a lie. Uh, didn't refresh. So I refreshed it again. It still wouldn't let me in for about three minutes. Like after the tickets had already gone on sale. And so I had to. So when I eventually got through, like five minutes afterwards, the tickets had already gone. I managed to get some on general sale, so it was fine in the end. But there was a, also the the sleep token tickets were not that expensive. They were about including fees, the about fifty seven, fifty seven pound for standing. That's not bad. It's I not, mean, it's really not. How, how, I, it's always tough to judge when I see an artist to say is that a lot of money to spend on seeing said artists and like you've just said there's like live nation and all this so many companies now it's like oh if you have stuff with us we give you these benefits it feels so secluded like i, I don't really care for o2 i don't think really it's a priority but if there's other companies that do it you know there's so much stuff that try and rope you in to be like well o2 priority come on now and it's just like fuck I, how, how how bad do you really want to get o2 just for that i judge the band and their management based on the gig tickets and how much they are i'm not gonna lie i've started the doing band that. can't do that though the band can't set the ticket prices I, i'm pretty sure it's the i do like it's definitely not just down to Ticketmaster because i notice it when it comes to bands at the same venue and i just go right i'm not being funny but there's a massive difference in ticket prices here for the exact same venue. What the fuck's going on? Because <laughs> I know Bring Me The Horizon are very, very strict with theirs. They don't like charging a lot. They really don't do it. And they've stuck with it for years. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it was £57 in total, which was pretty decent. I got three tickets. I'm very, I'm very happy. That's not until November though, <laughs> but I got, I got them. I did it. It was stressful. Me and many other people that I know were very, very stressed at ten o'clock this morning. It was not a fun time. But I, yeah, but you got the tickets anyway. Now, to be fair, when it comes to pre-sale, My Chemical Romance had a really fun one. I remember that for their reunion tour. That was a fun one. They um, they didn't say anything about pre-sale. Like at all, there was nothing on Ticketmaster saying a fucking pre-sale either. There was nothing, and then I think it was just on a Wednesday. They at two in the morning UK time, they put a post on Instagram, just like a blank picture. I don't remember. I think it's just a black picture, and on the caption, it just went. It just said pre-sale is now available link in bio and that's all it fucking said they put that two in the morning uk time when every fuck is asleep so i was on the tram to work at seven in the morning and i saw that i went i went on instagram and i saw that and i went oh shit grabbed four tickets like instantly with no cue no bother because no fucker was awake to see it 
Yeah, I mean... That one I loved. That one was great. That was smart yeah. as well, because the website wouldn't be crashing and stuff. That was actually kind of smart. It just was like a nice surprise to people who I got the tickets for when they woke up when when they woke up a few hours later. I was up early, they weren't, but they got a nice surprise when they woke up. She's like, I got my chem tickets, by the way. <laughs> that was a great yes. one. That was a great one. But yes, we've had having a fun time, having a stressful time, but it's not gonna be a fun time any longer because we've got another case no, to talk well, about. I mean I'm excited to be back because I've not been at home the entire start of this week. You have not, no. Um, well, since Tuesday, no, because of me having to... So, yes, uh, so yesterday? Uh, yes, <laughs> but it feels weird because I, I usually... Well, like, on here, because I, I wasn't on at all on Monday. So yeah. I'd do all my research pre-weekend just to prep because I was busy on Monday getting stuff because I'm not working at my local... Uh, workplace i'm at one of the other stores where my grandparents stay um taking over uh, as a temporary manager there potentially more than likely permanent role if i accept it but i'm here i did my research um and yeah uh i i think i had uh, to be fair i think i had another case in mind but then i thought well with the time i had i'm not gonna find something in time so i ended up finding something else which i think we've We've maybe covered this before. Oh, uh, Ted, this is a stalker case. Okay. Yes. Okay. But a, cele a celebrity stalker case. So it falls into the category of, I think, um, the Adrian Shelley that we did before, where it was a celebrity that got murdered. Oh, but it was, yeah. see, when I said it was like a stalker thing, I thought this is weird because there's other sort of cases that came up in relation to this. Some I definitely want to cover, the, the more and more famous stalker or crazed deranged fan cases that i there's definitely the, one of the one of the biggest ones i want to cover but i found this one on this man i'd never seen him before the the photo looks familiar though his like hairstyle and everything the guy is called robert john bardo i don't know why his face just looks familiar i don't know if i've seen someone else who kind of looks like this with i don't know what you call that hairstyle uh not the one in the black and white photo but the one, it's balding. Balding the right term? I think it's balding. That's when like, the hairline is so oh, far back. Oh, receding hairline. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I feel like I've seen his face before. I feel like I'm thinking of something else that was similar to this, but I can't think of what. Is it really mean to say? I don't know if you know him. Uh, he looks like Andre the Giant. Oh my! What are you thinking of Andre the Giant? And Andre the Giant, Andre the Giant, wrestler. Yeah. You, yeah, you really think he looks like him? I don't. In the face, yeah, and some angles. Hmm. Does maybe some angles, like more from the side when he's pulling his little stupid expressions, where he looks all grumpy. Yeah, I, I think so. When he looks grumpy, yeah. when, when he looks grumpy, he looks like Andre the Giant when he's literally a. Oh, to it's, start, gonna, it's, like, it's gonna. Walking down to the ring and he's all like tough and shit. It's gonna eat me away. What, what he he looks like someone I've probably seen before. I'm not sure. Um, oh wait, hang on. I th is it? Also, whoever, whoever drew the pictures of the victim really should never draw again. That sounds mean. Oh, you mean, you mean, you mean, you mean, is that the ones down? Yeah, the sketches should never just, they should never be done again. 
Yeah, well, I, I didn't realise they were there. But we're talking about this man, Robert John Bardo, who was a stalker. And this is weird. Um, parts of this make it weird. And you'll understand or you'll find out why. Um, but yeah, the, the, uh, stuff like this always interests me because, you know, there's liking someone and there's taking it to that extra level of extreme like from zero to a hundred, you know what I mean? I like these certain celebrities or band members, but I wouldn't go to the length some of these people do, like crazy deranged. You know, like a great example is a, you know, um, Stan by uh, Eminem. The whole premise of the song is about a crazy stalker yeah. who ends up killing his wife and kids because Eminem just didn't my back to him, and he was a massive fan, wanted to be Eminem sort of thing. Yeah. So when it falls on that line of just like, oh, I like you, but I really, really like you. I really, really need to meet you. I, I want to be. And then it's like, woo. So this guy, um, Robert John Bardo, who uh, doesn't look like the, the nicest person or the most clean cut person, is a um, serial killer. Well, he was born, I should say. I'll go through his information. And now... Um, as for a warning, etc., I don't think this one mentions anything too bad. But like I say, I always will say it before if it appears in my notes and I see it. But I don't think that was, this one was gory. Obviously, murder, stalking, which I'm assuming could offend some people. Uh, there's the sh- we mentioning of guns and shooting. And yeah, I don't think I mentioned blood or anything. Nope. No. So the man himself, uh, Robert John Bardo, was born on January 2nd, 1970, at the age uh, wait, the age of 54 currently, and he was born on Edwards Air Force Base, California, in the USA. Um, well, I can say this now. He's incarcerated at prison. He ain't dead. Ugh, wish he was. But he's incarcerated at Avenal State Prison. And he's, uh, see, here's the thing. Oh, we probably read off all these prisons. I don't know which are the fucking worst of the worst prisons in the US. So I don't know if half the people I talk about are actually in like prisons where they're going to be put through hell or it's just like a not as bad prison as the others. But is it, is it Av, Av, Avnall State Prison? Yeah, it's not like, and, it's not um, like when we talk about a British case and they, and it, and they go, yeah. he, he ended up in Wakefield Prison. We go, ah, shit. You know it, okay. yes. It's like when, we say, when you say Wakefield Prison in any of the cases that we've covered, people might have noticed that every single time we say Wake, <sighs> Wakefield, we go, ah, shit, of course you did. Cause that's because it's, it's, well, it's, it's nicknamed the House of Monsters, so... No, yeah, mon- there's probably mon- loads in the US. Yeah, it's nicknamed Monster Mansion. I guess, like, I don't know if any, like, US listeners could, like, is there a known prison? Well, it's so big. No, a, no prison, a known prison in America where if they, if someone, because obviously America's massive compared to the UK, there's probably, they, they, you probably can't name most of the prisons because there's probably quite a fair amount of them but like is the one that stands out where if it, if if it's if someone says on the news they've been sentenced to this prison do you go Ee! like you just kind of I... recoil in a bit of like disgust because you just know how bad it is from the reputation is the one like that over there probably is but which one 
I would probably imagine um, it's either somewhere in California or somewhere in New York. There has to be some big one. But if someone did something in a state across the other side of the country and then the prison they had to go to was at the other side, maybe it's in my mind that might be a sign that okay that prison's bad because there's no way they'd fly someone all the way to a prison states away yeah. if you know yeah. there was a nearer prison yeah there's not, the only one that i can think of that has the reputation but obviously it's closed now is alcatraz and that's it Oh, yeah, I mean, but, yeah, obviously like, people are probably listening going, well, you didn't mention Alcatraz, but I know Alcatraz, of course, like, but... We're talking about ones that are still open. Like, obviously, if it's a historical one and we hear Alcatraz, then we'll be like, okay, yeah, you, you, you've been playing a bad one. But if it's like, we're talking about ones that are still currently operating, I think that's the main one. That we're, I think that's, that's the thing that we're looking for. If Imagine, like, though, Alcatraz reopens. Fuck off. <laughs> Look, like it's open the, now, but they just the look of the place is just just screams like you know when um island yeah all bad things happen islands oh, yeah wink wink like uh and weird way of putting it but an episode of Scooby Doo they go to a haunted mansion on the middle on on an island in the middle of the sea that's basically what that fuck that shit looks like yeah no one. <laughs> You know, if well, that's that's why it's bad because yeah. the fact is it's on an island. They were that bad that they couldn't be on something that was connected to land. It had to be separated from the land itself, which even then people probably escaped from a whole, uh, Alcatraz via the uh, sea and all sorts of stuff. But he, he's he's in this prison, so there's probably worse ones. I, I I'm going to research this now after this to find out. But he is in um, that prison, so I. Uh, I have to talk about his early life and then I will mention the uh, person that he unfortunately uh, murdered because they were a celebrity and have some notoriety depending on which way you look at it because celebrity status can mean different to thousands of people but celebrity status as in some known sense. So uh, Robert John Bardot was the youngest of seven children. Um, his mother was Korean and his father, Philip, was a non-commissioned officer in the United States Air Force. Now, when we were making fun of his appearance, that wasn't racially based. That was just the way he looks. But his mother was Korean and his, and his father, Philip, was a non-commissioned officer in the United States Air Force. And like with most people who are, uh, I would assume, who are in the United States Air Force or Navy or whatnot, the family moved frequently and eventually settled in Tuscan, Arizona in 1983. Bardot reportedly had a troubled childhood, being abused by one of his siblings and placed in foster care after he had threatened to commit suicide. Bardot's family had a history of mental illness and he was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. At the age of 15, Bardot was institutionalized for a month to treat emotional problems. I assume he just wanted a Pepsi, just one Pepsi, but his mum wouldn't give it to him. Ah, uh, oh, sorry, I had to make that joke. See, when it said he was institutionalized, I'm like, there's no way I'm not making the joke. And I got it in there. There you go. Th th there's the thing for you. <laughs> I'm not crazy. Institution. You're the one that's crazy. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, so, yeah, he dropped out of Pueblo Magnet High School. That's a name and a half. Pueblo Magnet High School in ninth grade and began working as a janitor at Jack in the Box, which is a, a fast food chain of some sorts, I yeah, imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the 18 months prior to Schaefer's, and I think that's how you pronounce her last name, um, Schaefer's murder, Bardot's 
had been arrested three times on charges that included domestic violence and disorderly conduct. Uh, Bardo's... About Bardo's or Bardo's? I'm not sure. Bardo's neighbour also said that he exhibited unexplained, strange and threatening behaviour towards them. So we're now going to talk about the person that he killed. And... I'd never heard of the celebrity before, but she had been in stuff that had somewhat of uh, notoriety for sure. So it's Sheffer, I think. It's Sheffer or Schaefer. Um, I'm just going to quit. What will it say on? Rebecca Schaefer. A-E-F-E-R. I'm going to say Rebecca Schaefer. Schaefer. No, Schaefer. I'm making sure I'm pronouncing it right to do some justice. I hate pronouncing names wrong. So Rebecca Schaefer. Um, so her full name was Rebecca Lucio Shaver, born on November 6th, 1976 in Eugene, Oregon, USA. And uh, her resting place is in Ahavi Shalom Cemetery in Portland, Oregon, because she's from there. And yeah, she was an actress and model that was active between 1985 to 1989. And she died at a very young age of 21 in Los Angeles, California. And yeah, so um, in terms of the early life, um, Sheffer. Um, see, I say model slash actress. She mod. I need to have a look uh, at this sort of stuff. I haven't actually watched some of the stuff that she was in, but if anyone has watched it, well, I'll explain it. Maybe this stuff is actually quite good, but she was born on November 6th, uh, 1967 in Eugene, Oregon, the only child of Dana Wilner, well, and a, write, a writer and instructor who taught at Willamette University and Portland Community College and Dr. Benson Sheffer, a child psychologist. Sheffer was raised in Portland, where she attended Lincoln High School. She initially aspired to become a rabbi, but she began modeling during her junior year in high school. She appeared in department store catalogs and television commercials as an extra in a television film. I also, I think it's badass. I love it when I see people who model in something and go into a shop and point at them, like that's them in the shop or in the magazine, because, you know, it's always nice to, because do you ever do that when you were like a kid, when it was like you were in the paper and it was like, oh God, I'm in the paper. And you'd point at the paper and you get all excited because you know that people are going to see it and that's you. Or if you're on the news at some point. I don't know if I've ever been on the news, but you know what I mean? thought you got your like 15 minutes of fame for a second, yeah. If you, yeah, if you will, like it's going to be in the paper and it's like, I, well, not that anyone would come up to you and go, you're that kid in the paper. But I always felt a little badass to, you know, you know, I, but I wasn't good enough to do, I, my photos weren't good enough where they said, you should be a model. No, it's not happening. Uh, in 1984, when she was 16, she worked a summer in New York City with elite model management and with her parents' permission, stayed in the city to pursue modeling. So in terms of her career, while working in New York, Schaefer um, um, attended professional children's school. She also had a short-term role on the daytime soap opera Guiding Light. Um... 
1984, Sheffer landed the role of Annie Barnes on ABC's One Life to Live for a stint that lasted six months. During this time, she attempted to further her modelling prospects at five foot seven, which is uh, 1.70 meters. Uh, she was considered too short for high fashion modelling and struggled to find work. I hate that though, that the, the size. I mean, I don't know what high fashion is, but I guess if you are short, high fashion, I guess. But I never like it when people get excluded for stuff based on stuff like height or something like that, which you really can't control. If you're born tall, you're born tall, you're born short, you're born short. That shouldn't stop you from doing any work. It shouldn't be ruled out for that, at least. In my eyes. Um. So in 1985... Uh, she moved to Japan in hopes of finding more modeling jobs, but still encountered difficulty due to her height and weight. She returned to New York City and decided to focus on an acting career. In 1986, Sheffer won a small role in Woody Allen's comedy Radio Days, but her character was edited out except for one brief scene. I hate that. I, I hate hearing about that. You know when someone's like, I got a role in something, and then their bit just gets cut out. And it's just like, oh, shit. Because I remember, I joke about this with my mate. Um, it's uh, Anakin's Force Ghost. Obviously, George Lucas went back. And the guy who originally played Anakin's Force Ghost got edited out because oh, we now know what Ed Anakin looked like because of Hayden Christensen, who is Anakin. But all the re-releases basically cut out the old guy because it's like, well, we can't keep him in there because people are going, well, who's that? You know, Alec Guinness was iconic enough that you know, and the same with Obi-Wan, but they just cut out the other guy. The other guy's role is Force Ghost Anakin. Snip, snip, snip. Oh, it's Hayden Christensen. So he just got fucked over. Yeah, like... Mega. My version of that is with the Philosopher's... The Harry Potter, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. If anyone has read the books... Oh? Then you'll know there's a character in all the books called Peeves the Poltergeist. Is like a jokey ghost that causes, like pranks and stuff like that around the castle he'll be the one to grass you up if he catches you walking through the castle at night kind of thing and they had rick mayall the comedian play peeves in the first movie they shot the entire first movie with him playing peeves and then decided... no way rick mayall i did not know this yeah my mum my told me this years ago and i remember being so annoyed because i loved rick mayall so i was so annoyed because I was like, he is the perfect person to play Peeves. And she was like, yep. And I was like, are you kidding me? They filmed the entirety of the Philosopher's Stone with him in it, playing Peeves, and then cut him all out at the end. I'm just seeing this now because Rick Mail, I mean, he's such a great comedian. When I discovered him and watched stuff that he uh, did, like, I've not watched um, The Young Ones, but I've watched The Bottom. How have you not watched The Young Ones? It's so hey, good. It's one of my favorite someone, shows. Someone on the first year of Comic-Con dressed up as Vivian, and I was like, oh, yeah, from The Young Ones. Yes. And I was like, damn, I do need to watch it. But I've seen Bottom, which I like. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, uh, The Young Ones was one of my favorite shows. My dad got me to watch that when I was really little. That's actually how I also fell in love with Motorhead, because Motorhead are on a, an episode, and they're performing Ace of Spades on there. So, yeah, but Rick Mail has just got that a great, unique style of comedy. But I had no idea he was meant um, to be yeah in the first in the philosophy. Well, he was meant if they were if they would have kept him in, he would have been in all the movies. 
I wonder if you can see the scenes or if the scenes are just lost media because the there's lost, a screenshot. The lost, there's lo the lost media. It's lost media and there's no footage. Not even on There's the, a screenshot. Not even on the DVD deleted scenes. Nothing. Um, he said, someone, I, someone asked him like how he felt about it and he said, oh, I'm not really arsed. I still got paid. <laughs> which is, oh, well, yeah, at least got paid. But which, is still, which is very Rick Mayall then. Um, hey, at least... Ah, here we go. I know we're deviating a bit, but there is a page on the Lost Media Wiki where um, it has a deleted footage where... I wonder if I go here. Peeves. The Peeves scene. Peeves was meant to be played by Rick Mail. So, yeah. Um, they don't have it. I did not know this. Uh, he got screwed over. At least it wasn't the case of Madame Hooch, who got cut out because she argued over pay disputes in the first film. And they said, well, screw you. You're not on the films anymore. And then she got booted out. But I did not know that. I mean, we get nearly headless Nick. He he's badass. I love Nick. But, yeah. but Morning Myrtle, hit or miss well, sometimes. He, well, he um in the books in the Chamber of Secrets, he there's a bit where um because nearly headless Nick invites Harry, Ron, and Hermione and all the ghosts to his death day party. Uh, basically just celebrating the day he died. Uh. And uh, he invites all the ghosts, including Peeves. And Peeves is terrified of the Bloody Baron. The Bloody Baron's the only ghost that can really make him stop being a pain in the ass. But he's basically... Uh, there's like a bit in the book where Moan and Myrtle goes out of the room crying and Peeves is just chasing after her, calling her ugly and specky and laughing at her and just chasing her down the hallway. Tom. And he does, well, he does stuff like that. Like, Voldemort's <laughs> death scene in the book... So in the movie, obviously, he... Spoilers. This is spoilers. Spoiler alert, but it's over a decade old, the movie. So, and if you're British... So you've not watched it. Fuck you, I don't care. It's been over ten years. But, basically, the death scene, he... Um, obviously, in the movie, he flakes... And he scatters everywhere, and it's kind of this dramatic thing. In the books, he just drops dead. <laughs> he just simply drops dead on the floor. And Peeves basically starts floating around him in circles, singing a song that basically just says, Valdi's dead, Valdi's dead, no knows Valdi's dead. And he just does that over his dead body, which is very Rick Mayall. <laughs> Basically, well, if, I hope if you take Fred from Drop Dead Fred and you made him into a poltergeist, that's basically Peeves. Well, I hope in this case, Sheffer, um got paid for the role that she did was in. It was a brief scene, but she got cut out, which is a bit sad. But she continued modelling and also worked as a waitress. She appeared on the cover of Seventeen. If I don't hit my pop shield, God. She appeared on the cover of Seventeen magazine, which caught the attention of television producers who were casting for the comedy My Sister Star, uh, My Sister Sam, starring Pam Dauber. Um, Sheffer won the role of Patricia Patty Russell, a teenager who moved from Oregon to San Francisco to live with her 29-year-old sister Samantha Sam after the death of their parents. Sheffer lived with co-star Pam Dauber. Uh, during her work on the series. And that's interesting that her role in the film was of a character who moved from Oregon to San Francisco, which is what she did, moved from Oregon to San Francisco. Not that the, I don't know if the characters on her played with her, um, oh, sorry, based on her, 
But this show had some fame to it because My Sister Sam was initially a hit, ranking in the top 25, I think, TV shows at the time. But it was cancelled halfway through its second season in April 1988 due to failing ratings. After My Sister Sam, Sheffer had supporting roles in scenes from the class struggle in Beverly Hills, Voyage of Terror, The Achille Laura Affair, The End of Innocence, and the television film Out of Time. She also served as a spokesperson for the children's charity Thursday, uh, Thursday's Child. Now, we're going to talk about the murder. Now, prior to developing an obsession with Sheffer, Bardo had stalked child peace activist Samantha Smith. These, attempt ha- these attempts had ultimately failed to establish any contact with Smith. Uh, Smith's return home from the Soviet Union, because this, this girl, Smith, I'll bring it up, because um, I was doing some research on her. She was like a peace activist who became famous for her. She, she went to places during the Cold War preaching for peace, and this is a child. And we know what it's like when child activists try and... Uh, campaign for stuff because Greta Thunberg gets her ass handed to her by so many people for just, you know, trying to raise awareness for global warming. So I don't know how people were feeling for this Samantha Smith girl, but she'd uh, traveled to the Soviet Union. Balls to her for doing it around uh, that time. But she, uh, Smith returned home from the Soviet Union had inspired Bardo to travel to Maine, which is where she's from, to meet her. Uh, but a run-in with a state police officer over a traffic offense caused him such concern that he was drawing attention to himself that he was sufficiently discouraged to uh, return home. Um, Bardo had crafted future plans to stalk Smith until her death in 1985 in a plane crash, because I'm not sure exactly what happened, but this girl, uh, Samantha Smith, died in a plane crash, so it ultimately ended... Um, his plans of stalking her because she died in a plane crash. This is weird. Very weird. Um, it's weird. She was on a stamp. She was on a USSR stamp in 1985. But yeah, he attempted to stalk her, but she died. So stop that. And then after writing numerous letters to Sheffer, Bardo attempted to gain access to the set of the CBS television series My Sister Sam, in which Sheffer played a role in, as we said. He was denied entry by security, who encouraged him to return home. While Warner Brothers had a policy that executives and actors were to be notified about uninvited advances towards them, security later admitted that because Bardo had made little fuss about the denied access and left when ordered, the encounter was, uh, the encounter was considered too trivial to report to Sheffer. So because he didn't cause too much of a scene, they thought, oh, this uninvited visit... We didn't kick up and have a fight, and we just won't tell her. So he returned to his native Tuscan, Arizona, and then Bardo claimed after that he turned his attention towards pop stars Tiffany and Debbie Gibson, but neither obsession had percolated into stalking as he later admitted he could not find a feasible way to carry out his plans in New York City. Now... Arthur Richard Jackson had stalked and stabbed actress Theresa Saldana in 1982 and Bardo learned that Jackson had used a private investigator to obtain Saldana's address. So, Bardo then paid a detective agency in Tuscan $250 to find Sheffer's home address in California's Department of Motor Vehicles DMV records. So he's paid someone, learning that this other person had stalked and stabbed an actress 
by having a private investigator find the address. He did the same thing. He's like, okay, I'll pay a detective agency $250. The Cal- they'll find her address from the DMV in California's records, and I'll know where she lives. How do you not register in your head that that's fucking weird to do? Like, how did you... How do you... This guy was a full-on stalker. Yeah, like, there's got to be... How do you just... After especially paying someone to find out where this person lives, how do you not just go, maybe this is a bit fucking weird? Maybe I'm going a step step too far? I don't know, because here's the thing. When I read this, I was like, okay, think of it this way. So if some... It's weird, because I don't know what the altercation was between them, but it's weird when someone wants to know information if you know exactly what their intent is with that information. Um, this person, obviously, Schaefer. Um, I say this person, sorry. Um, <clears throat> Rebecca Schaefer is an actress who's acting and stuff. So I don't know if the DMV know that she is somewhat of a celebrity, famous person, depending on what they deem celebrity. So that when someone's trying to find the information, that they can then be like, hmm, this is weird. It's not just like an everyday average Joe person they're trying to get information for. It's someone who has a bit of fame. Um, so yeah, but like, that's a little weird. I can't give it to you. Yeah, but I, they did. Yeah, either way, it should still be like... It's like um, if someone who you don't know comes into your workplace and says, oh, do you know what time this... Per- did you, do you know what time this person, like one of your colleagues, gets off at later? You just don't tell them because you don't know who the fuck this person is. You don't know if it is a stalker. Like, you just don't give the information out just in case they're a wrongdom. Like, that should be... It doesn't matter, like, fame status or whatever. Like, I don't care if someone is the most famous person on the planet. Don't give out private information regardless. The thing is, he hired a private investigator, and I don't know how they operate in order to pry information out of stuff. Because I haven't seen the full video, but if do you know Max Fosh, the British mm-hmm. YouTuber? Yeah. Do you ever see his thing where he did the one where he paid for a private investigator to see what else he could find? And like the private investigator stalked him and managed to get so much information out of it. Granted, Max Fosh paid him, wanted to see how well they do it. But I saw some of it, and I was like, damn. <coughs> Excuse me, I was like, damn. The way, how sneakily they operate to get stuff. But the fact is, he would have had to call the DMV or something and then said, and they were they willingly gave away the information to the said private investigator who was paid $250. I don't know how much that is now, but if they're doing that as a job, that's, that's easy, easy money in their eyes, I guess, because they know what they're doing. It feels weird to say you train to be a private investigator because... Private investigator could be like Harvey Dent. Imagine I've got a coin and I flip it. I'm a private investigator. Today I'm doing private investigating for good, if there is good private investigating, or bad. You know what I mean? And in this case, he was doing it for evil. Yeah. Not that I want, but obviously, I don't know what Bardo said. Did he type to the private investigator, oh, I want this information because I want to stalk and kill them? There's no way he said that. He must have said some oh. other bullshit lie to try and type it out and make it as if he needed the information for something important of some sort. So, 
Um, yeah, so... Uh, yes, so he paid uh, $250 to a, a private investigator. Uh, it's his brother who helped him get a Rugger GP100.357 handgun. On July 18th, 1989, Bardo confronted Schaefer, I'm sorry, Schaefer, at her home. Bardo watched Schaefer in the black comedy film, uh, as we mentioned, scenes from the class struggle in Beverly Hills in 1989, in which he appeared in bed with another actor. He became enraged by the scene, apparently out of jealousy, and described uh, and decided that um, Schaefer should be punished for, as he quoted, becoming another Hollywood whore, and that she had lost her innocence. What the fuck? (laughs) Now... I don't know. Like, do you, like, do you, when I do you remember that bit in Borat where he's obsessed with Pamela Anderson, and then when he sees the unfortunate sex tape that got leaked about her, and he then brands her as a whore and all this kind of stuff, then went then got the socks to kidnap her. Like that was a joke. You don't have to make it real life. Yeah. Um. I. When you're an actor, you have to do scenes like that. Yeah. You have to do stuff like that. And granted, you know, controversy and stuff pops up sometimes. Like, obviously, um, the recent one between Zendaya in that film that she starred in, that caused controversy when people were kind of like, oh, Tom Holland will be happy about that. If you know what I mean, that tennis film it was. He's an actor. He, he knows know. exactly how it, how it works. Yeah, well, people were just like the way it was and they were like, didn't they want to do this or whatnot? But if you're an actor and you decide to do a role that involves that sort of stuff... That's what you do. But saying that someone's a Hollywood whore for it, you know, like, I don't know how it works in films, but the way I know it musically is if someone would say, yep, sell out, you sold out, sell out, might be on that same realm of just someone goes, oh, the band sold out, you know, or the image of the, um, you know, the, the meme where it's all the doors that are open and there's blood trailing out of them and there's the um, Grim Reaper floating by the last door. Yeah, you know that meme. I feel like it's like that where just people put a bunch of stuff on there, going, "Yeah, that sold out. That sold out. Sell out. Sell out." They're not who they are. When you become famous, you do what you want and what you have to. So I don't think doing a sex scene makes someone a Hollywood whore and lost her innocence. You know, it's if somebody wants to do not, that, also, they do that. It's also not real. Like yeah, it's, it's, and like it's, as an it's, actor, it's, you don't always have to do clean cut films. It's choreographized they have a choreographer on set that tells them what to do it's not sexual on set in any fucking way shape or form yeah i mean if it was everyone would get horny on the fucking set watching it or something but like it's you know i wouldn't say that someone's lost their innocence if they don't if they want to do some movies that have some x-rayed scenes or something in them in the sense of like a sex scene that's their choice doesn't make them like a Hollywood whore, you know. There's so many films people do where the actors might have to, people slate, or the actors have to go, well, it's just a role, you know. It's nothing to really get, um, um, like, ecstatic and angry over. But he did. Weirdo. He became enraged. Kind of jealousy, so he he really liked her. Um, Sheffer. And then, seeing this, he just got angry. He was like, no. Too far. So Bardo traveled to Los Angeles a third time and roamed the neighborhood where Sheffer lived, asking people if she actually lived there. 
Once he was certain that the address was correct, he rang the doorbell, so the neighbours must have even said, Oh yeah, um, she lives there, Rebecca lives there. So once he was certain the address was correct, he rang the doorbell, and uh, Shaffer was preparing for an audition for The Godfather Part 3. Never seen The Godfather films, but apparently they're good. And was expecting a script to be delivered, so she answered the door. Bardo showed her a letter and autograph that she had previously sent him. After a short conversation, she asked him not to come to her home again. After have being turned away by Sheffer, Bardo stopped at a diner for breakfast only to return to the apartment about an hour later again ringing the doorbell. So, this man's travelled. I know it's just like a state, but he's figured out where she lived, rang the doorbell, and she's answered it because she thought it was an audition part. So she knows who he is because she's, you know, you, you recognise folk when they come to your door. Out in public, it's a different story, but if someone comes to your door, you remember them because they specifically came to your house and it's just you and them sort of thing. So he turned away and he went to get breakfast and he was probably still enraged and returned an hour later. So she answered the door um, with a cold look on her face, Bardo later said. Uh, it was at that moment he pulled out the handgun and shot her in the chest at point bank range in the doorway of her apartment building. According to Bardo herself, she fell and said only, why? Schaeffer was um, Schaeffer, uh, was rushed to the emergency room of Cedars-Sinai Medical Center where she was pronounced dead 30 minutes after her arrival. She was buried, as I said earlier, at Ahavai uh, Shalom Cemetery in Portland, Oregon. So, yeah, he just open the door, point blank shot in her, do- in her doorstep. Jesus. Just nuts. Absolutely nuts, man. Like, that's what I mean, like, this guy's fucked up on the level. Like, he took the stalking to find out where she was, went to the door, she got turned away, tried to meet her on set when she was on set for something, got turned away, then found the house, got turned away, went for breakfast, went, no, fuck it, I'm going back. And when he went back, poof, just shot her straight all because he got enraged at her doing a sex scene. There's over, you know, like, I've, I've seen people overreact to many things in my time. This is the worst one. Like, you know, she's just an innocent person who did not need to die, but some fucked up fan, Mr. Bardot, took it too far. So. Uh, she was rushed to hospital, where she pronounced dead 30 minutes after arrival. So, you know, a point blank range in the chest. I mean, depending on what was in the chest, but good luck surviving that, eh? And all she said when she fell, according to him, was just, why? And then she falls down in probably lays in a trail of, um, trail of blood, and he fucked off. Because he was later spotted in Tuscan, so in Arizona, wandering around aimlessly in traffic, leading to his arrest. Following his capture, Bardo was housed in a Sensitive Needs Unit, SNU, for inmates such as gang members, notorious prisoners, and those convicted of sex crimes. And here's the thing. During his trial, he claimed the U2 song Exit was an influence in the murder, and the song was played in the courtroom as evidence with Bardo lip-singing the lyrics. My man has the song played in court 
and he's lip singing. He's lip singing to the song, which, and I don't know. Well, actually, let's look at you two. I, I have, I don't know this song, but I'm going to look at the lyrics now. The to guy, see if there's anything in here. The guy was trying mm. to not make himself look crazy. He was doing a very bad job. Well, there is lyrics in here where it says, his hand in his pocket, his finger on the steel, the pistol weighed heavy. He could, his heart, his his heart he could feel was beating, 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 beating. Oh, my love, my love, my love, my love. Okay. Mm. Um... Oh, it's from the Joshua Tree, super deluxe version. So maybe it wasn't a... But yeah, a U2 song, I'm not a fan of U2, so hearing that made me not like them even more. Oh, they've got nothing to do with it, but... it play, You know, and the song got played in the courtroom. I don't know that could happen. I didn't know you could play songs in the courtroom if it related to a case. He must have said that, and they must have had to listen to it as to see for evidence and the lyrics and, and whatnot. Um, but Bardo's attorney conceded that the mur that he um that he had murdered Sheffer, but they argued that he was mentally ill. Psychiatrist Park Deitz, testifying for the defense, said that Bardo had schizophrenia, and that it was this illness that led him to commit the murder. Don't fucking care, mate. There's always people with schizophrenia who don't do that. Yeah, I've got a mate, Just. Uh, who's got schizophrenia, but. I would never say that someone with schizophrenia would commit murders. Nope. It's that thing of someone commits a murder or something, or just something bad, but they have one thing about them, and then they just pin that as, oh, that's it. And we've, we've talked about that before, and I hate that. It's like, just because, you know, people go to such stupid lengths, like, you know, like, oh, yeah. this person had an eating disorder, that's why. It's like, no... Because they're not 100% normal human, if you will, in the sense of nothing wrong, no uh, mental health issues, none of this, none of that, doesn't mean that that's the reason, you know? It, it, it means nothing. I've got a scar on my forehead from an injury I had, but, like, if somebody said, oh, yeah, say I committed a murder, which I never do, and then they went, oh, well, that injury he had with a scar on his forehead, that'll be it because it doomed me. And said, no, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, it, it's, like with, it's just stupid. It's like with every school shooter, and they go, "They were bullied as a child." Yeah, okay, and I was bullied. Yeah, I was bullied. Same. You see me fucking doing shit. I mean, we live in the UK. It'll be a lot fucking harder for us to do that. But either way, we didn't even think about fucking doing it. We we uh, yeah, we didn't murder anyone. We just talk about people who've been murdered. We just don't murder anyone. But you know, kids get bullied all the time. But you know. Just because a bullied kid does that doesn't mean... There is just certain things, the stereotype of the glasses for stuff, but stereotypes are just stereotypes. But he, um, you know, they said he had schizophrenia and that it was his illness that led him to commit the murder. No. But Bardo was found guilty of first-degree murder and sentenced to life imprisonment without the possibility of parole. Bardo carried a red paperback copy of The Catcher in the Rye when he murdered uh, Sheffer, which he tossed onto the roof of a building as he fled. He insisted that it was coincidental and that he was not emulating Mark David Chapman, who I will really want to cover on the podcast. Um, do you know who Mark David Chapman is? Uh, yeah, he's the guy that killed John Lennon. 
Yeah, he apparently uh, also carried a copy of the novel with him when he shot and killed John Lennon on December 8th, 1980. Now that one's weird because that's technically not a stalker case because I believe in his case he didn't intend to become famous for killing John Lennon. Yeah. But he did it. It's weird the way that the um the way he went about that sort of thing. Um but yeah, apparently he carried a copy of Catcher in the Rye. So he, he insisted that it wasn't coincidental. But when researching his case, other stalker esque cases of people who shot famous people kind of appeared and Mark David Chapman did. And Chapman actually later claimed in interviews that he had received letters from Bardot before the murder of um Sheffer, in which Bardo inquired about life in prison. Which, that's weird. He's inquiring about life in prison. Maybe he wants to know is 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 it bad? And then he'd he'd realize, oh shit, yeah, it is bad. Um, How do you not realize that's you know what I mean? from the get-go? Life in prison. Hmm, is that bad? Yes. But may, that's why I think he was inquiring about pr- life in prison, because he knew he obviously knew who Chapman was. And went, oh, he's killed a celebrity. What's life like in prison? Because he knows that it's going to be him because he's going to murder. Or maybe think about it. Mm. So, in terms of the aftermath, as a consequence of Bardo's actions and his methods of obtaining Sheffer's address, the US Congress passed the Driver's Privacy Protection Act, which prohibits State Department of Motor Vehicles from disclosing the home addresses of state residents. After the murder, the first anti-stalking state laws were enacted in the U.S., including California Penal Code 646.9. So, yeah, there actually uh, there was. They passed the Driver's Protection, Privacy Protection Act, which prohibits DMVs from disclosing the home address of state residents. And it shouldn't have taken someone to be murdered for that to happen. No, it shouldn't. But it did. Age-old thing of just stuff happens, and then it takes that bad thing to happen for them to go, oh, shit, oh, well. You know what I mean? It's like, fuck. So, uh, the season two episode of Law & Order Starstruck was partially based on this case. Dun-dun. Sorry, just too, too iconic, the Law & Order thing. On July 27, 2007... Bardo was stabbed 11 times on his way to breakfast in, maximum, in the maximum security unit at Mule Creek State Prison in Amador County, California. Yes. Stabbed 11 times on your way to breakfast. Fuck you, dickhead. Well, Imagine that, though. Someone, someone in there must have learned of what he did and said, oh, nah. Yeah. And 11 times. I'm surprised he survived that. Well, depending on where he was stabbed. Yeah. I, I I remember someone said that the oh, this might sound fucked up. But I remember someone told me they're like, well, realistically, the, the the worst way to stab someone is if you stab them just underneath the rib cage and you go a little up, because if you then stab them there and you puncture the lung, they're dead, right? Because you've fucked their lungs. So I believe someone told me that once before that one of the worst ways to get stabbed is right about that area, and if they went in and up, then your chances of surviving are. Very slim, I would imagine. Uh, two shivs, uh, which uh, inmate made weapons. Um, I didn't know it was called a shiv. Oh well, oh, well, I know why. I've just Googled shiv. Shank is what I would know it as. Uh, uh, more of a Scottish thing. Oh, you're going to get a shank, mate. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, no, I feel like I knew what a shiv was. You know what Ned would say? I knew what a shiv was just based on American TV. That was kind of it. Oh, I, uh, yeah. Shiv, shiv, or shivy, or shank. I just know it's a shank, like a little small thing. Because that's like a, it was prison, a prison slang for an improvised knife. Uh, but it, it generally applies to both stabbing, because, you know, like I've heard that before, someone got shanked. Oh, you got shanked, mate. Oh, and, like, and you hear it from the Neds around and go, Oh, shank you, mate. If you come close to me, don't fuck with me, mate. You'll get shanked. And it's like, yeah, okay. It's throwing words around like they're tough. But two chefs were found at the scene. He was treated at the UC Davis, Medi- uh, Davis Medical Center and returned to prison. Officials said the suspect in the attack was another convict, serving 82 years to life for second-degree murder. As of 2024, Bardo is serving his life sentence at the Avenal State Prison in Avenal, California. Good. Good. And he shall Fucking and, hell. And he shall rot. And she, he shall rot. He shall rot indeed. But it's just fucking... I, you know, I, I want to watch some of that, that stuff that... um. Rebecca Sheffer was in. But she was in some, like, in, like, a TV show on the telly, so people would have known. But the fact is that the DMV fucked up, giving him access to where uh, him, well, the private investigator who then gave the information to him of where she lived so he could track her down exactly. And she was in the house. And here she is thinking, oh, here's my script coming for uh, The Godfather Part 3, and he's there. And he goes away and then comes back and shoots her right in front of your house. Because that, that's like, a, you know when they say new fear unlocked? That's like new fear unlocked. You oh, open yeah. your door, and then as soon as you open your door, you're dead. Because you don't think of that ever happening, you know what I mean? When you open, like, or when you go out your flat, do you ever think, oh, if I go out here now, I could get shot, stabbed, or die? Oh, hell no. You don't think that, because you generally think, well, it's safe. You know, all the time think, my street's safe. Why would there... Someone be at the front, you know, answer the, I'd answer the doorbell whenever it rings. But now I'm thinking, oh, shit, I could answer the doorbell and then someone comes in and straight up stabs me. But that's what happened here. She got shot at point-blank range because she had no idea that he was coming back with a gun. And dead. All because he got enraged over a sex scene. And he was a crazy stalker anyway. Even to the length of going to the set that she was on, trying to get on set with her. That would have been creepy if he'd managed to get on and rushed on the set and she's like, who the hell are you? Because I've seen some fans for bands and stuff I like go very crazy and it's like, you need to calm down. They're just human beings. You take stuff too far and then, you know. Oh, God. I feel like there's other cases where people take it too far and then um, they get embarrassed in front of their celebrities because of the way they acted and the celebrity doesn't like them. And then they get annoyed. Like, why do they not like me anymore? It's like, well, you acted stupid in front of them. And that's why. You know. Or it could have another case like what South Park did. Where they made Scott Tenorman eat the chili. And they start crying in front of Radiohead, who was his favorite band. And then they just say, oh, we don't like you anymore. You're a stupid fan. But, yeah, that's the case of Robert John Bardo, who murdered Rebecca Sheffer. And yeah, it's as well, if you look at the photo of Rebecca, she's holding a, a nice... Intrigued me as well, because when I saw a photo of her in the photo on Wikipedia, she's holding a Gibson Les Paul. So I thought, oh, she must be musically inclined. And at 21, man, that's way too young. Oh, yeah. It's the 27 Club, isn't it? Not the 21 Club, it's the 27 Club. Yeah, 27 Club. 
I think there's probably a 21 club as well because so many people die young. But, you know, this person had an aspiring career which would have boomed and kept booming if she had not been killed in some stupid accident. Her life ended way too seriously over a craze-stocked fan at the age of 21. Makes you think, eh? All these people who become young celebrities on the internet at younger ages, they might have crazy fans like this as well. You just never know. It's fucking horrible. But yeah, that's my second one of celebrity who had been killed, I believe. But this one was a stalker one. But there'll be other ones that I, I, I found as well, which I will talk about in the future, because I always get intrigued by folk who just take it to the next level. I don't know how the brain gets to that stage, but it's fucking atrocious. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, definitely an interesting one. Yeah, thank you all for this week. I hope everyone enjoyed this episode thoroughly. And we will be back next week with another episode. We hope you enjoyed this one, because I definitely did. I did. So, uh, as I said, that John Lennon one will be covered by me, or if you want to do it at some point, because I'd forgotten about that one. But that's that's the biggest uh, celebrity death one I think we could ever cover, or yeah. other ones. But, you know, the, it, it makes you think. There's there's more celebrities who have been killed by fans and whatnot out there than you actually think. Oh, gotcha. Which is nuts. But yeah, we'll see you guys next week with another episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.